0: Right now in Denver, guys, there's only one marijuana dispensary I know of that will give you a 20% discount off your entire purchase once per month. All you gotta do is sign up for their loyalty program. You can get that at Mile High Green Cross right now. You guys know about Mile High Green Cross, they've got award winning products, everyday low prices, $99 pre pack ounces V3 hash oil bulk deals. You can get five cartridges for $100. What I think is the best prices in town. They are located on 9th and Broadway, right downtown, right by Pepsi Center, right by all our favorite spots. There's parking in the back. They also offer Hyper, so you don't even need cash to buy stuff from Mile High Green Cross. Again, sign up for their loyalty program, and you guys will receive 20% off your entire purchase once per month. That offer also extends to current members. dmvr nuggets podcast harrison wind and brendan vote we are presented of course by illegal beats tuesday edition of the show (laughs) vote how you doing man
1: i'm good man a lot a lot more air horn in my life than i anticipated
0: at age yeah you you didn't think at age 26 you'd be uh (laughs) doing an air horn noise five days a week on a podcast i didn't i didn't i feel increasingly ridiculous but the bit stands We've talked about getting a soundboard, but I think in an ideal world, we'd get a soundboard, but the sounds would still be just us making them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want that so bad. We can't get, like, too corporate. We we still got to, you know, be the meat and potatoes guys over here, too.
1: Look, we don't ever want to lose our garage band feel, you know? Of the people,
0: (laughs) for the people. Totally, totally. So... Fun show on Monday. Definitely enjoyed recording that one after that Nuggets went over the Raptors if for you guys sure. haven't listened to it. We got into a, a lot of good stuff about the game, uh, stuff about the team. But an off day today, what'd you do with your off day? Vote.
1: I did some social stuff for DNVR and and I that's pretty much it. No, I watched some Broad City. Do you ever watch Broad City? No, what's Broad City? You don't know, it. it's a Comedy Central show with uh, these two leads. The characters' names are Alana and Abby, and mm. uh, it's, it's a hilarious, hilarious show. Some really, really strong comedy, regardless of gender, but also, I think, a, a show that kind of shatters some
0: sort of gender norms in terms of comedy. So a fun one, man. Nice. Nice. A day well spent. Well, Hope with Nuggets got some rest. They've got the Warriors here uh, in town on Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday, when most of you guys will be listening to this show. Uh, Should be an interesting matchup. You know, honestly, I don't know how much we can really preview the Warriors game. Uh, This should be one Denver handles really easily. Wait, is
1: Steph going to be back? Do we know?
0: I don't believe he's going to be back. I mean, he practiced with the G League team today. I think they called him up, though, right? They did call him up. Oh, I didn't even think about it. That would be something if he's playing. That'd be something. Because his first game back is against the Nuggets. Well, I would be a little surprised because it seemed like he was uh, plotting for a comeback against the vaunted Washington Wizards defense. (laughs) And, you know, we've actually seen this with the Nuggets. I feel like a lot of players throughout the league prefer to make a comeback from a long injury against, you know, a below 500 team.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, we'll, we'll uh, all I know is if Steph comes back, I would be terrified because I'm at least 50% sure he's been fine for a long time. I don't know what the setback was about, but I don't know how hurt he was. And if he came back, I would be terrified that he would drop 30 right out of the gate.
0: Let's see here. Steph Curry completed Monday scrimmage in Santa Cruz with no issues and could return as soon as Thursday. So Thursday, okay, not Tuesday.
1: All righty. Well, then it's fine. Then we don't have to talk about that game at all.
0: (laughs) Should be one that the Nuggets handle pretty easily. Um, But yeah, definitely a a take care of business type win. What I thought we could do on today's show right off the bat, let's hit some questions from our DNVR members. Again, if you guys want to leave questions for the show, the DNVR.com. Just Go to this podcast, uh, where it's located under the Nuggets podcast section on the website. Scroll down to the bottom. Leave a question in that comment section, which is only open to DNVR members. This one comes from Nugs for life Harrison and Brendan, y'all are pretty adamant that MPJ starts next year. My question is in place of who. Whose spot is he going to take? Is Malone really going to sit Barton? And even if he does start, what are the odds that Malone is done with the quick hooks? What do you think?
1: I think by next season, this is always in Malone's hands because he's the head coach. But I think he's given a leash right now in year one that, in terms of just ownership in front office, like maybe wanting this guy to play. I mean, by then, he'll be ready to be contributing to wins. I already think he is. I just think even Malone is smart enough to understand that, not just in terms of his confidence and in terms of keeping him around, almost just from a PR standpoint, You have to do it Um, now who that's for is an interesting question. And I think it's contingent upon the results of this playoff run. I could definitely see him moving Barton back to the bench because Barton is versatile and capable of contributing off the bench in multiple ways. Will he want to though? And then I think the more obvious kind of larger question is how does Gary Harris perform in the playoffs and, and
0: how keen is Denver on either sticking with him or moving on from him in the summer? So here's my question for you. What if the Nuggets get to the Western Conference Finals, lose in seven games to the Los Angeles Lakers? Gary Harris looks like himself again. Will Barton's averaging 18 to 20 points a game, 40% from three, playing good defense on the Lakers' wings. What do the Nuggets do with their starting lineup then, heading into next season? So, yeah, they probably... Ah, oh, that's tough. It's tough, right? I, I mean, if that scenario happened, and I would say at this point, that's unlikely. Unlikeliest, yeah. Yeah, I, the- I think there is a scenario on the table where the Nuggets do run it back. Now, I think that might be the wrong decision in the grand scheme of things, because I just think this certain starting five only has a particular ceiling, and if you were to insert MPJ for either Gary Harris or Will Barton, that's earning five, I think you increase the nugget ceiling exponentially. And I think there is a really good chance that this current group, as it's currently constructed, as the pecking order is currently laid out, hits a ceiling in this year's playoffs. Yeah, maybe they could get to the Western Conference Finals. And I I think, like I said, there is a scenario where Denver would run it back. But yeah, that doesn't seem likely. It also, that,
1: would happen if a couple of things happen, some of them being Denver shoots very well from three, and Denver has an answer for some of the premier wings that make your life miserable in the playoffs. One of the obvious sort of solutions to that, should they come up short, losing the second round, would be to plug in the 6'11 sharpshooter. So I think it's most likely that he starts, but you're right. That's a good point and a good
0: question. There is a path to Malone running it back. So, I mean, as I see it right now, I've got to think the most likely scenario is that Gary Harris is maybe not on the team next year. And that's the spot in the starting lineup that Michael Porter Jr. takes. Uh, I almost wonder if that's a more likely scenario. And again, this is just me speculating. I wonder if that is a more likely scenario than Will Barton moving back to the bench. I think so. I do too. Um, but of course that all
1: presupposes something that we hope doesn't happen, which is that Gary struggles. So, but I, I agree. I mean, I also think Barton would be just an excellent fit. Like if MPJ is at the three, um, I know Barton is that the defender that Gary is, but all of a sudden he's no longer undersized. He's properly sized for a two. You've got two good, uh, you know, ball handlers and playmakers in Murray and, and Barton, um, and, and three, ideally real shooters, around Jokic if not four with Grant so it makes a lot of
0: sense and I do think that's where we're headed Mm -hmm. yeah kind of my overall thoughts like I was just saying I just wonder if this team as currently constructed with this starting five runs into an eventual ceiling and I, I can see that ceiling and with MPJ in there that just takes you to a potentially different level that's my thinking.
1: I think we're going to see a lot of miss shots in the playoffs. When the Nuggets do, you know, whichever round they fall short, if they do of, of a finals run, I think it's because they're breaking a lot of open threes, and that'll that's going to have everyone, I think, clamoring for a change.
0: Troy five two six six writes in on the subject of Nikola Jokic's full court Hillary Mary passes. How much responsibility does Jokic have if someone steps in front of one of his long outlet passes? Hits him in the head and kills them <laughs> straight up from Anchorman. You, you kill the guy with your outlet. I would say um, he do would. Do you have to yell like four? I
1: think he would be. I think there's guilt there. I think he would be at fault because that's all Jokic wants to do. That is so premeditated. In an ideal <laughs> world, he's catching balls and just firing them down court as hard as he can. I don't think he cares if he hits anyone. I would say yes. That's got
0: to be a crime. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Miroslav writes in, the DNV Sports Twitter account now has ten thousand followers, which is more than that the DNVR Nuggets account has. Is it time to put vote on the hot seat once again?
1: First of all, I never left the hot seat.
0: To
1: be quick. <laughs> my ass has been hot all all season.
0: Just always on the hot seat.
1: Yeah, it's all a challenge. It's all a passive threat for my job. We got to get it up. Hey, I tweeted this out. We are coming in hot on the DNVR Broncos follower account. Wouldn't it be a real shame, Harrison? Because everyone tells me it's a football town. Wouldn't it be something if,
0: if we passed them by the end of March? It would be maybe the biggest upset in the city of Denver since the Nuggets being the Sonics in the first round. So if you, you, know, if you were to spread the word, it's just something to consider. Yeah. If that does happen, I want a picture of you on the floor clutching Maybe not a basketball, maybe just your phone. Like, a uh, lot cl- to it can be.
1: I'll, I'll uh, clutch that life-sized uh, Motumbo beanie baby. I, I've got a yes. bunch of those left over in my closet. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so guys, send in questions. We want to hear from you, thednvr.com for listeners. Another one that we got on Twitter that I just kind of want to hit on because I thought it was an interesting topic here. Troy Daniels got bought out by the Lakers and it seems like L.A. did that so they can clear the way to sign Dion Waiters or Jr. Smith, which is a move I am just all about for the <laughs> Lakers. What do you think about Troy Daniels in terms of a potential future Nugget? I mean, the Nuggets have 13 guys on their roster right now. They're just a little thin on the bench. Troy Daniels <laughs> ha- has been a really good shooter throughout his career. What are your thoughts?
1: So I... I liked that question because I think a lot of Nuggets fans probably had that instinct. You see Troy Daniels as available. If you know of Troy Daniels, your first thought is shooter, and obviously that's a need for this team. Um, But the three-point shooting really does comprise virtually everything that he kind of offers at this point in his career on the court. So you look at his his best year. He started 15 games for Phoenix in 17-18, played 79. So he shot 40% on 5.8 attempts from three. But he only made 2.9 field goals per game. So essentially that's all of his production. That guy is not going to be a big part of a Michael Malone rotation. So if you wanted to look at him as a break in glass in case of emergency, kind of Malik McRae proxy, third option, I get that logic. But Troy Daniels isn't a needle mover. And I think it's noteworthy that the Lakers who both have designs on a title run and have depth issues couldn't quite fit him into their plans. I think that says something.
0: Yeah, it definitely does say something. Here's my take on it. And look, I don't even know if it's a real possibility because signing Troy Daniels, I think would take the Nuggets into the luxury tax. Then it's off the table. (laughs) I have a very hard time seeing Denver doing that for anybody, let alone Troy Daniels. Um, But in theory, in theory, Brendan, I would actually like the signing. And of course, this would have to, you know, Troy Daniels would have to be cool with it. Like Jordan McRae came here, wasn't really a fan of, you know, buying into the culture and right. you know being a good soldier and going along for the ride. He was in a contract year. He wants to get paid, and uh, I can see why he wanted to do that. So he did not want to be here anymore. I don't know what Troy Daniels is thinking in terms of how he wants to spend the rest of the season. And you make a good point that he would not be in Michael Mullen's rotation. He definitely wouldn't. You know, he he would not even be at the level that Malik or I even think Wancho might have been when they were here. But there is gonna come a time, I guarantee you, there will come a time in the playoffs when Denver is absolutely ice cold from three. There will be a time when they're down by ten points in the third quarter of a game three on the road, and they're currently shooting five of twenty from three, and you could just turn to a guy like Troy Daniels, he could, you know, come in for ten minutes hit a couple threes and then maybe not play again for the rest of the series. He'd be valuable in that sense. I think.
1: Yeah. And look, teams field 15 guys, right? Like you can just have guys that aren't in your rotation on the team. And there's, there's not necessarily harm done there. Although of course, as you just noted, the key factor is that it might push them into the luxury tax. And we know the Kronkies in a year like this, where they've undoubtedly lost a lot of money in television um, there's almost no way they do that, and I like what you said, especially not, not for Troy. I also wonder, you know, what I know. The Lakers wanted to make room for one of those two guys, but they agreed to a buyout, right? So, some of that would have to be mutual from Troy, no?
0: Yeah, probably some of it is mutual, and then probably some of it is just the Lakers kind of coming down with their right foot and being like all right, we're going to do a buyout, okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and you can find your future somewhere else. But that I think the McRae point is interesting. Like,
1: what is Daniels looking for? It's a one-year deal. So does he want to play some games down the stretch for a bad team, maybe like Phoenix, like McRae, and, and, and try to make his case for some money this summer? Or does he want to be a part of something special in Denver? That would be an interesting question
0: yeah but honestly, probably not even a possibility with how close Denver to luxury attacks. I do think though, Brendan, that they need to add another body or maybe another two bodies for the playoffs. and look, like they have 13 guys right now. Right. That's not enough. Yeah. you need, you need to have a full roster for a playoff run. Injuries can happen. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you know that, that can go on in the playoffs that that can hurt your just depth. You need to have some guys in reserve, and you know they will normally have a beats Bates, Bates D up on the bench who was not in Denver this last game. He's on a G League assignment with the Wind C- City Bulls, were- and sure enough, uh, Denver's backup five was Vlaco Chanchar. You know I don't know if Denver wants to be in that situation come playoff time. Yeah, that decision was strange,
1: I thought. Like, why not have KDB around? Uh, yeah, Kennedy, I don't know. But
0: I- I'm not sure. The Windy City Bulls have not even played a game, so it was just purely to practice so hmm. far. I think they play tomorrow night or next night.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. But, no, I agree. 13 bodies is too light. And you don't want, like, you want the healthy nine-man rotation, but injuries can very well happen, and they don't have a lot of backup plans right now. In fact, one of their backup plans just bought out his contract, so
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Their backup plan and a, a move I would not be surprised if they make is converting PJ Dozier. Yeah, because I, I think there is a way they can do that and stay under the luxury tax. Doesn't exactly solve that those
1: shooting issues, but uh, you know, fits into a long boy kind of thing. Understands the team, teams familiar with him, all that. So that makes far more sense. Don't think Troy Daniels ends up in Denver, but I shared the same thought. That's a shooter, and, and Denver needs shooting.
0: Yeah, I think an addition like that would be positive. So we had the watch party at Blake Street Tavern for Nuggets Clippers. Disappointing result, but man, the turnout was incredible. Amazing, Definitely our best watch party to date. That place was hyped from the opening tip. We were
1: overflowing out of the tailgate room. We had some folks over in the alumni room. I know we had over 200 RSVPs. I didn't get a head count. looked like we had roughly that many people there. The results, the one thing we can't control, but shouts to the community. Shouts to everyone that rallied around the cry and showed up and showed out. And you know, the ideas. We're all watching it together, win or lose. Though obviously, that win would be a little, little more delicious.
0: Yeah. Shouts to you guys. Shouts to my parents who came through. I think my dad is more popular at watch parties than I am.
1: I met your mom. She was very kind. She wanted to. She wanted to let me know that she is a Talking Heads fan as well, and not just your dad.
0: So, oh yeah, they told me to tell you that. Yeah, yeah. She, you, my, you, my mom was a little pissed. She got left out of the uh, Grateful Dead, Talking Heads banter. Yeah, she seemed a little offended. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, she, somehow word got back to her about that. The street, the streets are talking. The streets are talking. <laughs> Um, But anyway, what I was actually going to say is that I think Blake Street Tavern had two Breck brews on tap. They had Strawberry Sky and they had Avalanche. They did not have the Hot Pink or the Hot Peak IPA. <laughs> Neither one was available. And I had like 10 people come up to me and say, these guys don't have any Hot Pink IPA. What the hell? Dude, the, we know the brand is really hitting when
1: Breck has a limited release of Hot Pink IPA. If you're listening, Breck, make our dreams
0: come true. <laughs> we were making jokes that Blake Street Tavern was going to be putting in calls to Breck Brew that night, being like, 300 people just came into this watch party, and literally everybody ordered Breck Brew. We're out of Strawberry Sky and Avalanche after 30 minutes. What do we do?
1: Oh, I really <laughs> hope that happens. That would be a great look for your boys.
0: <laughs> but check out the Hot Peak IPA uh, from Breck Brewing, one of uh, their great beers that they have out right now. Also, hit up Denver Rubber Company for everything that has to do with snowplows. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. Denver Rubber Company custom makes it all, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate there. Locally owned since 1972. Be sure to call them today. Anything that has to do with snowplows, custom gaskets, hoses – like I'm pretty sure you could just call up Denver Rubber Company with whatever you need, and they might have it. That's kind of the, the sense Look, I get.
1: I'm going to keep it real, Harrison. I don't find myself in need of custom-cut rubber often, but it, it's very clear to me that if I needed something and I wasn't sure where to get it,
0: I would call these guys. They, it seems yeah. like they do it all. If you can't find it somewhere, it might be at Denver Rubber Company. They'll make the, the, it for you. That should be their new slogan. They should be (laughs) paying me for this. one 800 259 10 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR. Tell them who sent. Yep. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets Podcast, presented by Illegal Pete's. Oh, airhorn, air horn noise caught me by Harrison surprise. Wind. Harrison Wind and Brendan vote here. Uh, Tuesday edition of the show. This is the fun one that we can do. You thought of this segment. The I, three fan bases that we most want to see win the title and the three fan bases that we least want to see the title. See win the title.
1: Yeah, I kind of stole this one from the Simmons-Rosillo pod in which Rosillo named Denver as the second fan base. He can't afford to have a win because apparently you guys hate him. Um, so big ups to you guys for getting noticed. I think this would be fun. I think we might have some similar answers for the want to win category, but I also okay. I also think my my background regionally in this country will lead to some different answers.
0: Oh god, I'm scared now. <laughs> All right, you want to go first? Sure. What do we, do you want to do? Most or least? Let's start with uh, Let's start with most.
1: Okay, number one for me is the Milwaukee Bucks i know Denver's not actually a small media market but the denver nuggets basketball operation is a small media thing in nature in vibe and small market energy includes having each other's backs we need the bucks to prevail against the superstars just wanting to go to la because the women are pretty and sunshine is dope we we need a team like milwaukee to get it done i think um Outside of the pipe dream that Giannis comes to Denver, which is not a real thing, you want Giannis to stay there. That's another victory for teams like Denver. So I'm rooting for our brothers in green. I fear the deer, Harrison.
0: Oh, I love it. That was very professional. Thank you. You were right. I also had Milwaukee first on my list for pretty much every reason you said. Giannis needs to set the tone and set the example for mega superstars in small to mid markets to stay in those small to mid markets. There's so much riding on Giannis potentially staying or potentially leaving Milwaukee. Yeah. There's so much riding on it. It's like bigger than him and bigger than the bucks thing almost. Yeah.
1: Especially if like the darkest timeline is he loses and he ends up in golden state. Right.
0: So rooting for Milwaukee all the way. So I like Milwaukee there. My number two is the Oklahoma city thunder. Oh shit. That's a good pick. Sorry for cursing. Wow. That's good. I feel so bad for the good people of Oklahoma City. The hardworking blue-collar people of Oklahoma City have seen James Harden, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook all leave town. Last summer, they saw Paul George, literally a year after signing a four-year deal, demand a trade to the LA Clippers. Oh, man. I feel bad for the good people of the Oklahoma City Thunder, the good fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have built that team as good as you possibly can in that market. And I got a lot of respect for that front office. Ownership hasn't always made it super easy for them, You know, going back to the James Harden trade and uh, potentially reasons they had to do that. But man, if the Thunder could get back on top, that would be a huge success story, again, for the small to mid market. But all just for the underdog. And, and for, you know, we love an underdog story.
1: And for tiny people. Chris Paul getting a ring. That would be a big win. He's not that tiny, but relative to basketball players, we're, like, roughly the same. <laughs> yeah. <right?
0: laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: I have Toronto number two. I know it sounds weird because they just won, um, but it was a one-night stand. Kawhi's out of there. There are rumors Masai might leave. And... Everyone, myself included, not that I'm a national analyst, everyone kind of had them taking a big step back this year. They look to be H-8 Kawhi type away from legitimate finals contenders right now. So it would be really cool if they said, hey, screw that. We don't need them. Uh, As a team that's currently constructed, that plays the right way, that's well coached, what if we went out and won
0: again? We the North, baby. Mm, I like it. My third... Uh, team I would most like to see win the title. A bit off the board here. I'm going with the 76ers. Oh, boo. I'm booing on behalf see, of fans. I want to see Sam Hinkie raising the banner. I want to see Sam Hinkie in the championship parade. After the 76ers win the title, because he is the reason why Philly is in this situation. Not that terrible front office run by Elton Brand that's made one wrong decision after another since they fired Sam Hinkie. Uh, I, I want to see his vision come true. I,
1: I have one stipulation. I'm fine with it, but Simmons and Embiid have to fight to the death over Finals MVP. Like, literally, well, yeah. only one of them can enter the summer as a Philadelphia 76er.
0: Maybe the finals MVP is what ultimately tears them apart. <laughs> Ruby Madness.
1: I've got, I think, an unpopular pick at three. The Los Angeles Clippers are catching a lot of unfair flack. And I know Paul George demanded out of OKC. I know Kawhi is um, kind of doing that. Almost Kevin Durant thing of like, oh, wow, maybe he's not precisely what we thought he was in terms of what he values, the sort of leverage he wields and, and will wield over an organization. But look, at the end of the day, this is the Clippers, one of the most tortured franchises in basketball history. The fact that these two guys even wanted to go there is insane. So does it feel like the cheap way out to me? No, absolutely not. This is the Clippers time, and I think it'd be cooler than they've been given credit for if they were to win
0: yeah i was thinking about going the clippers uh but the question i was operating off of was what fan bases would we be most excited that's, to see win the title yeah, they don't have
1: any fans you're right i'm not
0: sure they have any fans that's, i've never met a clippers fan that's a good point. i literally don't have any clipper
1: fan friends they don't exist we know lucas <laughs> hahn but that's pretty much it <laughs> yes he's the only one he actually literally is oh my god Great point, Harrison.
0: (laughs) They're off the board. I'm giving it to OKC. All right. So let's go over to fan bases we would least like to see win the title. Uh, My number – I'm going to start at number three and work up to number one. Three for me is the Boston Celtics. Ah. I just really do not need to hear about Jason Tatum being like a top three or five player in the league. Is he better than Jokic? (laughs) Oh, God. I don't need Brian Scalabrini just on my TV talking about how great the green and white is for the next two months. I just really don't need that in my life. You know what I don't need is Celtics fans
1: taking another singular title and presenting it to us as if it's a dynasty. Like we still talk about Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. They won one time. I actually have Boston spoiler alert as number one on my list. Mm. And I, the way a lot of Nuggets fans feel about the Lakers, I feel quite similarly about the Celtics growing up in New Jersey. I hate Boston sports fans. I don't like them on a personal level and I don't want them to be happy about their teams. So it's very biased. Um, I ca- the, the funny thing is I like some of the guys on Boston. Like I really like Kemba, you know what I mean? He deserves a, a, a ring, but you're right. I don't want to have to hear it. And there's a lot of Boston exceptionalism as well.
0: I just don't need to hear Kendrick Perkins talking about how the Celtics team that he was on never lost a playoff series. I would like to hear Paul Pierce explain why he's better than
1: Jason Tatum on the jump. But <laughs> yeah, I, I hate Boston.
0: That's a good pick. All right. My number two is the Houston Rockets. Same. Um,. God, the Houston Rockets fan base would take the biggest victory lap in the history of victory laps if they were to somehow win the title. It would be insufferable. It would be painful. It would be the worst off season that we would have to live through. James Harden might take the entire next season off.
1: Remember when Ovechkin won a title and it was like the most legendary celebration by an athlete? Harden yeah. would put that to the test. Yeah. He would never leave a strip club. Yeah, he, he
0: might seriously just not even play next season. He would, What's the point? He would
1: build a strip club, live inside of it, and we'd never hear from him again. But just James Harden and his one MVP trophy yeah. in a room. In a room. Look- just looking at each other. In that cheetah robe he wore to his the NBA Player Awards. Um, yes. Yeah, he. I just don't like the Rockets, and it's a bias. So if you're a Rockets fan, I'm sorry. But I don't like the, org- the way the organization approaches their, like, campaigning for Harden, they're protesting of, of losses, the way they take shots at the Warriors who have just like routinely kicked their asses, um, the way Harden seems to value the MVP trophy almost over the freaking chip itself. Um, I like that players have beef, that's fun, but every time he talks about Giannis, I roll my eyes. I don't know, man. I don't root for these guys. I don't think it'd be fun if they won. And they also don't have a great
0: fan base. I'll say it. <laughs> All right. Uh, My number one, probably could have guessed it, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, I mean, for a lot of the reasons that uh, we laid out for Houston and Boston, it would be a rough summer with, with that fan base taking a victory lap, especially after the Lakers have just failed upwards for really the last five years, fallen backwards into LeBron James, and have you know piece this team together because they're located in a city with great weather that has a lot of palm trees. It's so true,
1: man. It's it's almost like I know Eric has framed this as like good versus evil. I kind of feels that way sometimes. If you just believe in in like basketball, like teams building basketball teams the right way, teams getting what's actually coming to them, what they deserve, then you you can't want this Lakers team to win. I always want to see Braun win another chip, but it's the Lakers thing is so strong that that they're on my list
0: too obviously and I just don't want to see it now that I've been in Denver over under one and a half more championships for LeBron in his career under but I think he gets one gets one I think he gets one more this year
1: I kind of think so I think the Bucks are a better basketball team but I think I would take LeBron James and Anthony Davis in seven games
0: I don't think the Lakers win the championship this year. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the field, like if that was the question. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna go under two. I'm gonna go one future championship for LeBron.
1: Yeah, the key to keeping it, um, to just one for sure, like if the Lakers build any momentum, if they win a title, they're just gonna find a way to sign more dudes and it'll go on forever until Towns and Booker are there too and It'll just be terrible, the darkest timeline, so no thank you on the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I picked the Clippers in my preseason prediction. I'm going to stick with it for now. The Clippers kind of, people dog on them because they have a lot of bad losses, but
1: they beat really good, t- like they trashed Denver, and they look like a legitimately bad matchup
0: for the Lakers, so I don't know why people are like reluctant to take them seriously. It's because they've been doing the right thing and really coasting during the regular season, right? And they're getting docked (laughs) for that. It's like act like you've won before. It's like they've absolutely coasted during the regular season. Kawhi and Paul George have taken off every game that they want to. You know, if Kawhi wakes up, uh, you know, on the wrong side of the bed, he's going to take the night off, right? Um, But sure enough, they are. Tied with the Nuggets right now, right? In the win loss column. And the one game they were like, Ooh, do we need this one? Denver? Easy, yeah. light work. And yeah, and Denver's been going all out during the regular season. Yeah. So, uh, really excited to tell you guys about this next sponsor. Longtime listeners of the DNVR Nuggets podcast, formerly uh, the BSN Nuggets podcast, know about uh, this company, In We Go. We partnered with them a long time ago. They're back. Super excited that they're back. For those of you who don't know what In We Go is, it's a monthly membership for doing things, doing everything. Sporting events, concerts, food tastings, liquor events like wine tastings and whatnot. In We Go is your ticket into those sometimes really exclusive events and all of that's included in their one flat membership fee. So here's how you do it. You go to DNVR to try in- – we- or you, you what you do is you use code DNVR to try in we go for a month for free. It's a $45 value. Make sure you tweet at us when you're at these events too, and we'll certainly promote you. Uh, you can try in we go in Denver for $25, $45, or $65 a month. But remember, sign up today using code DNVR – And you can actually receive that first month free. They offer hundreds of events, something for everybody. It's pretty much like a Netflix in your city or like a class pass for, like I said, sporting events, food festivals, uh, concerts, stuff like that. Like right now, I'm just scrolling the events that you can get tickets to with an Inwego membership. 303 with Little John. Does that pique your interest at all, Brent? Oh,
1: you know, baby. I'm already there.
0: Colorado Avalanche versus the Anaheim Ducks on Wednesday. Uh, Westward High Style, The Lone Below, Griselda Tour, tons of concerts around Denver. Colorado Rapids versus Orlando FC. So you can get into all these events with an Inwego membership.
1: I'm so stoked, man, because I think we're going to be getting hooked up with some of these. And I, I one of my bigger regrets with Denver is like, the basketball stuff was worked out, but building a holistic life, taking advantage of all the stuff that's going on from as games to concerts. And and so this is awesome for me, man. I There's a lot of transplants listening to this pod. Get in on this. Um, there's no more efficient way, cost-effective way to see the city, to explore what Denver has to offer.
0: Yeah, this is a great way to experience definitely the best of Denver. So uh, check out In We Go, download their app, and again, use code DNVR, and you can get your first month of In We Go free. That's a $45 value. Back here on the DMVR Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wind and a Brendan Vote. So let's talk about what we're expecting to see a little bit in this Warriors game. A big takeaway that I had from that win over who the Nuggets just beat. The Toronto Raptors. The defending champion, Toronto Raptors. Put some respect on their name. For sure. And this is really a takeaway that I've had over the last four games, really since Mike Malone has started to stagger the Nuggets starters and the Nuggets bench. Not a big surprise, but the Jamal Murray-Monte Morris backcourt, which the Nuggets have been going to a lot on the second unit, has been absolutely unstoppable. Let me read you off some numbers here real quick that the Nuggets have put up with those guys on the floor. So just over the last 57 minutes, and that's just over the last four games, because if you remember in that first game back before the All-Star break, they were still trying to do the hockey subs thing, really play their starters together and their bench together as much as possible. And then Michael Mullen switched it up for the next game. So over the last 57 minutes, Denver is a plus 43, in those 57 minutes and shooting Ooh. 62% from the floor in those minutes over the last four games. And then if... Hey, that's a real sample yeah, size. Yeah, that, that is a real, real sample size. And if you think it's a small sample size, look back at the numbers from last year because they were about just as good. And total for this season in 235 minutes, a 114 offensive rating, a 98 defensive rating, and a 16 net rating. Why do you think just those two ha- have been really effective not only this year together but last year together as well it was the same exact thing last year
1: So Jokic is obviously a talented playmaker but I think it's it just means something else to have a playmaking guard a guy who has the ball in his hands a guy who can initiate the offense whose name is not Jamal Murray So Murray can find ways to get open off ball um and then I think for for Morris he is an exceptional traditional point guard, but asking him to generate points in that way for like a five-man bench lineup, it just isn't fair to him. But if you put him out there with guys who can create sc- points on their own um, and can also take some of the ball handling pressures off Monte, who's a better spot-up shooter than he gets credit for, it just helps to bring out the best in both of them. I mean, offensively, I think it's a no-brainer. The obvious any like
0: hesitation or concern would be you're very undersized defensively. Yeah, you are undersized defensively. And that's why I think it's the perfect second unit lineup. I would not think this is a potential starting backcourt that you can try out there for 25, 30 minutes together a night. This is a Church. combination that is going to be most best used against second units and, you know, used for short spurts in the first and second half, because I don't think they'd be able to handle it defensively just against like a starting group. But I mean, I think you hit on the biggest reason why the, that unit and, the, and that duo is successful. Monte is like as traditional as a point guard as you'll find in the NBA these days. And Jamal Murray has really flourished off the ball, even going back to his rookie year when he played a lot off the ball, going back to his time at Kentucky when he played off the ball next to Tyler Ulis, And uh, he flourishes coming off screens and just takes a little bit of pressure off Jamal Murray because people don't really think about it, but like dribbling the ball up the floor, that takes a lot of effort, energy, and focus. And so when yeah. he can play off yeah. the ball, it kind of is a little relieving. Especially
1: with whatever he's got, has gotten into him of late. Jamal looks very eager to catch and shoot right now uh, in a way he hasn't always looked. So I wonder if that becomes cyclical, you know what I mean? So it's, I think it's the big man rotation plenty of questions, but as far as staggering the bench, uh, this you know, Jokic and Murray in this way, leaving Murray out there with Monte and some bench guys, I think Malone has stumbled into the this sort of ideal flow of things.
0: Yeah, for sure. Something else I'll be watching, uh, the power forward position, no word as of this recording if Paul Millsap is playing. I think you should probably just rest him, you know, to be quite honest. Jeremy Grant's been playing great, and Brendan, by the way, Jeremy Grant shooting 39.5% from three-point range right now are you in or out on jeremy grant as a sh- real shooter
1: gotta be in. gotta be in I th- when i saw his shot mechanics i th- and just kind of based off you look at statistically the way his career has gone as a shooter okay was that an outlier year in which he shot so well from the corners buoyed his overall percentage but no man no if jeremy grant is open to wide open my confidence rating is really high i i don't know if this is a real thing i'm gonna make it up my confidence power rankings
0: and wide-open shot. Ooh, this is good. MPJ?
1: Well, I would say Jokic one.
0: MPJ, two? From three? Or just from, like, anywhere?
1: Uh, I would say just kind of anywhere. But, but, you know, we'll go with three. Let's make it three. MPJ,
0: Monte Grant. Man. <laughs> is it weird that I... Are we counting Paul Millsap? Is it weird that I feel oh yeah like you know that like, yeah. good about a Paul Millsap wide open three right now? I I like
1: still don't, but I'm wrong. Like I, he puts up the shot, and I'm like I don't know. Even though he's been hitting them all year, um, but you're right. Paul Millsap's been shooting the lights out. My my point okay. being, um, yeah, I I I'm buying him, man. I, he's a shooter. If he's open, he's gonna knock it
0: down. Yeah, I've got to be buying it too. I mean, at this point, this far into the season, and he's been like not ultra consistent, but he's been consistent enough. Has really only had one or two just real dry spells from three. One of those came at the beginning of the year, so he's proven it. And
1: again, I and I think that was the result of like forcing stuff on a second unit that had nothing. Oh God, good. yeah, yeah. That, and he, yeah, now he's kind of in a rhythm, and we're seeing what he can really do. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, so we'll see what happens with the power forward position. And, yeah, can't wait to watch the Steph Curry-less Golden State Warriors. Um, Over or under 20 minutes for Draymond Green before he gets tossed in this game. (laughs) Under for sure. Jokic will get under his skin,
1: and he doesn't even really want to play (laughs) right now.
0: All right, well, I think that's all we got on uh, the Warriors game. We, I do want to remind you guys that you might have seen it on Twitter, but we just launched this initiative today uh, with Hope Kids of Colorado, and we're super excited to be teaming up with them along with Denver Stiffs, uh, the Nuggets blog who has put on this event for the last couple of years. But what we're putting together is pretty much a charity ticket drive to help send kids who are battling cancer and other life-threatening illnesses to watch the Denver Nuggets take on the Utah Jazz at Pepsi Center. I believe that game is on April 5th. So two ways you guys can donate. We have a link on thednvr.com and pretty much an explanation of the event. You can buy a ticket for a Hope kid, child, and family to go to this game. You can also donate over the phone, 303-405-1334. You can also buy DNVR socks created by DNVR's Eric Weidem, you guys know him as D-Line Co, but the socks are 14.99 each and $10 of every pair will actually go towards Hope Kids. So, really excited to be a part of this this year and yeah, hopefully we can raise a lot of money for these kids.
1: This community has been incredible in terms of how it responds when we put out any sort of rallying cries, whether that's come out to this watch party you know help us participate in this fun thing online you guys are always there for us and when i say you guys i mean a large portion of this city people who exist outside of the city all around the world but just support denver i really truly think if dnvr all of us came together and committed to making a difference there's there's little doubt in my mind that we could do so so we all we are calling on you guys um the dnvr family to step up and make a contribution this is one of the coolest charities out there and what they do for these kids makes an impact on them. A lot of them don't get to go to professional sporting events. They spend most of their time in hospitals receiving treatment. So, so don't miss out on this chance to make a difference and and feel good doing so.
0: I think Denver stiffs raised like 10,000 bucks last year for these kids. Yep. And yep. And they're obviously
1: involved again this year. So, you know, whether it's through us or them, just, just support hope kids, Colorado, wonderful organization. Really excited to see what we can do. I want this us year. to
0: double it. I want to go for twenty thousand dollars. Woo! I'm with it. I'll start right now. I'm gonna make my donation as soon as this pod is. Let's over. do it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with another episode following this potential win. I think a win, most likely, over the Warriors here on Tuesday. We'll talk to you guys then. So you guys know how a electric toothbrush has absolutely changed my life. It's changed my nightly routine. It's changed my morning routine. I feel so much healthier. My teeth are so much cleaner. You guys, if you've been holding out on getting an electric toothbrush, if you've been holding out on making the switch and just you know going to King Supers, going to Safeway, and just buying that crappy two to $3 toothbrush every couple of months, hit up Green Mountain Dental Group right now. They will give you a free Sonicare electric toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam. Sonicare is an awesome brand. If you just go on to you know, Google, type in Sonicare electric toothbrush, most of their toothbrushes are you know, $50 to $75, bucks. so this isn't a crappy you know, knockoff, just kind of throwaway electric toothbrush. This is the real deal. Hit up Green Mountain Dental Group, get a cleaning x-ray and exam, and they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush today. They are a longtime DNVR partner located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Hit them up.